Hi, this is Michelle Lasley with Balance Shared, a space where I truly believe we are better together. My guest today is Laura Rowe. Laura uses the pronouns she, her, hers. She joined us in season one and helped us all to understand empaths, what they are, how they work, and what some of their superpowers are. We also discussed things like the merging of the divine feminine and divine masculine. Today, our conversation will cover things like the law of attraction and more. We are recording amidst the COVID-19 crisis, like a lot of my season two guests. So Laura also founded The Vital Spirit. It's an entity that seeks to be an instrument in the ongoing shift in human consciousness. She believes empaths are the key to our human evolution, holding the heart sacred and promoting more human policies in government and business. And she's been doing this work for more than six years. So I'm curious, before mm-hmm. we get into the law of attraction, can you explain to our guests, our audience, the type of people you work with? Like, what are they working on? Hmm, good question. You know, I was just actually having this conversation last night because it appears the only thing they all have in common is being an empath, which is a thing. But in terms of what it is they're working on, it runs the gamut. Some are, you know, working through trauma. Uh, some are trying to build a business in a heart-centered... I might, I might slaughter my mem- memory of trends. Uh, I had the opportunity to work at the elections office in Multnomah County many years ago. And one of the things that was observed is that the presidential elections had the highest turnout and would turn out, you know, between 70 and 80% of all eligible voters. But the number of people who dropped off their ballots was still, it was a significant number. I want to say like 60 to 70%, like within the days leading up to the election. Mm-hmm. So to have a 43 or 50% turnout a week before the election, that's pretty amazing. Yeah. I think it says a lot about what people want right now. Yes. I've so, always been a last day voter. This was the first year I turned mine in so early. Really? Yeah. Oh, fascinating. Fascinating. Uh, as a city council soon to be person, hopefully, what do you want this election? Yeah, so besides in, winning. <laughs> in Lake Oswego, we vote uh, three councilors every election. So every two years, half of the council's up for election. Um, and then the mayor is alternating cycles. So this happens to be a mayoral race um, as well. Yeah, nice. so we've got, we've got no incumbents. So it'll be interesting just to see who those four new folks will be for the oh. seven member council, including the mayor. All brand new. Oh, fascinating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is fascinating. But um, no, so what I'm curious is like, we've talked about this before and some of your values and how you want to work with people and whatnot. And we'll link the other episode in here so people can get a sense of that. But right now, I'm just curious, like in this day, on this Tuesday, October 27th, what do you want for this election? Well, I want our community to come together. I think since the 2016 election, we've seen a lot of division within our country and that's really manifested locally as well. And so I think, you know, Um, probably because of the COVID shutdown as well, you know, uh, people are just more isolated from each other and we're not having the normal interactions we're used to. So I really want to see us come together as a community to move things forward. So that's, that's one thing I'm striving to in the nonpartisan spirit that this role is (laughs) to really capture that uh, whole essence to, to just unite people again. 
Awesome. So when you say move forward, like what do you, what pictures kind of come up for you as we want to move things forward? Yeah. So a lot of things have happened since our last conversation. I remember we spoke back in June when it was the first day for filing and uh, that was really exciting, but a lot of things have changed. Um, I've since become aware that, um, well, I've always been a, a big proponent for the police oversight committee and still am, <laughs> as well as a standing diversity, equity, and inclusion committee for the city. Um, I've learned that our police force are ones that, like w- one of the very few uh, police forces that choose to have the body cameras on all the time. Um, so I think that's that speaks very well to their intentions. And so um, just having that good faith effort helps me restore more faith in my community and in the law enforcement aspect. Um, I think we've got good folks around uh, really trying to see our community improve, especially because we do have a lot to fix still at this point. Um, Lake Oswego has, of course, a racist nickname. On Sunday, there was even a demonstration um, to, to really emphasize that Black Lives Matter. And, you know, it's it's time has come. You know, we need to address the problems that we've had as a community and and really fix those. And so this is an opportunity, this election, to to make sure that council understands the need for that. And so the folks that are elected, you know, need to reflect those values. Yeah. So I always think of uh, some of our founding documents, right? And so um, I'm thinking right now of the preamble to the constitution and just that we want to pave a way for life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness for, for all men. And, and, you know, and then Jefferson, right? All men are created equal. So understanding that when they wrote that, they were thinking, you know, narrowly white property owning, slave owning men. And also in that vein, that it's a dynamic document. And we've been able to peel that back and kind of maybe turn men on its head as a general neutral, neutral term. So we can really encompass literally every single body that uh, inhabits our planet. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, this year marks 100 years of the 19th Amendment passing. And of course, even then, that was a degree of privilege for white women. Um, And it took some more time for women of color to get that privilege as well. So Mm -hmm. um, I I think that really emphasizes the need to exercise our rights. We we earned this freedom. So um, please turn in your ballots, everyone. Let's get to that 100% mark. I was having a conversation with some loved ones recently And apparently I was the only one in my family who on the day that I turned 18 was the thing I wanted was to register to vote. So that as soon as I turned 18, I registered to vote. Excellent. And I think it is becoming more popular among younger folks, which is so encouraging. I'm really thrilled to see numbers come in of, of their reporting. Yeah, I saw a snapshot of one. It looked like it was from a TV show if I can find the link to that, I will source it. Um, but it, it compared the early voting habits of young people. And I think the ages were 18 to 32. And in 2016, at the time of that snapshot, which was a couple days before now, so maybe last Friday, uh, I think it was like around 15,000 young people in this particular place had turned in their ballots. And it was 144,000 at this point. Just yeah, leaps and bounds mm-hmm. above, above where it is. Uh, so what are you most excited about right now? Well, I'm excited that my community is so very engaged and want to <laughs> uh, be involved in the process. Even in a non-presidential year, we're always in the high 80s. 
um, mm. percentage for uh, turning in ballots. So nice. um, that's encouraging. When I ran in 2018, of course, it wasn't a presidential cycle. Um, so I'm expecting that number will be even higher this time. I got to just thank the state of Oregon for making voting so accessible to everybody. Absolutely. Having been the leader in vote by mail, having uh, automatic voter registration now when you go to the DMV, uh, just making it accessible to everyone. Um, and that people can have faith in it is amazing. Yes, absolutely. And bipartisan faith, right? Yep, absolutely. So both, both places enjoy, enjoy that. Uh, I always like going to the official ballot box, even though like you can go to the library and I've mailed in my ballots before, but there's something really enjoyable for me about going to an official ballot box. Uh, maybe, maybe it's as close to doing the poll, you know, when you used to line up with your neighbors, right? Mm -hmm. um, so interesting. Okay, so we want people to get out the vote. We have today, like we're recording this on the last day it is to mail. So when you're listening to this, if you haven't voted yet, you do need to go find those official ballot boxes, whether it's at your library or the actual official ballot box. So uh, let's let's just talk about that a little bit more. Like just voting, voting as our civic duty. Can we just sort of, do you have any thoughts on that? Absolutely, yeah. Um, especially, you know, just like I mentioned, we, we didn't always have this privilege. So I think we really need to take advantage of the rights we do have. Um, it's a freedom that was hard fought. So to, to waste that vote, to, to not take advantage of the situation we have, I think is just, um, I, I think it's sad <laughs> on a lot of levels, but because, um, our voice does matter. And in our country, this is how you use that voice for a lot of people, um, so yeah, it's just very important. Um, in my family, I usually do wait till the last day, but I've always taken my kids and like they'll take a photo of me and <laughs> dropping it in the slot. Um, this year, my youngest, who just turned nine over the weekend, um, she even wanted a photo doing it as well. So that was really encouraging. It's like, she won't get to vote for another, you know, nine years, but it's just yeah. great to think like the next generation, they understand the importance too. Oh, awesome. Awesome. The, the politics classes and history classes that I always took were always my most favorite, right? Yeah. And learning about various years of tyrannies in different places, like the the image that's popping in my head right now is Napoleon. Um, and, or, you know, in our most recent histories, when you have people who come to power and for whatever reason, they feel like their way is the right way and they just must squelch or sometimes literally murder millions of people to be able to get what they want. And knowing that, uh, you know, I've always, I'm a cisgendered woman, right? So I've always um, just known that I was a woman and then learning, you know, oh my gosh, 1920, like my grandmother was barely born when that became a thing. And so how close we are to not having that right. I've always really felt that to my core. And uh this I, these ideas that we hold and as we peel them back and make them in their truest intentions of like this value of free and fair elections so that everybody can have their voice in choosing their representative democracy because we you know we we embrace these values of self-governance and rule of law and all of these other things to help create uh, a civilized society and by civilized I mean so 
when you have this, this episode will drop, you know, over the weekend and the episode that will drop on Wednesday is with um, my friend, Naomi Eklund. So take a I'll link that in the show notes as well. And one of the things that she discusses in that episode is about how she wants to raise her son to be a good citizen. And she uses the example of someone playing their music loud in a restaurant, right? And uh, you don't always, you wouldn't encourage your children to go take some loud music playing device and sit in the middle of a restaurant floor and just, because it's disrespectful to everybody. So when I, when I mean like civilized, right, I'm talking about we're understanding some basic understanding of, of what people want and don't want and, Anyway, so yes, vote. It's our civic duty. We should like enjoy and honor that. And uh, when you're voting in Lake Oswego, vote for Emma. So what do you, what are, what are some of the things, let's remind people, what are some of the things that you sort of stand for? Yeah, so um, absolutely on the equity. Um, I think that that encompasses a lot of things in our community. It does, of course, speak to racial and ethnic diversity. Um, but other things as well, like class, I think um, there's become an even bigger divide since the COVID pandemic. Um, a lot of people have lost their jobs. And one of my roles in the community, I've um, served at the PTO board at our local school. And once a month, that group gets together to discuss things that, you know, affect the whole district. And I found it very interesting that um, unanimously, like each school decided they weren't going to ask parents for the typical fee at the beginning of the year like they normally do. And so, you know, I think like us, we go is very uh, fortunate that most people are financially well off. But I think that this um, this this thing that happened months ago has really highlighted some of the deficiencies we have as a society. And yeah. of course, fortunately, there's a lot of people who are very um, into helping others, and the the community's really stepped up in that regard. But it does show, you know, there's there's the have and have nots. So I think. Um, you know, addressing the, the class disparity as well is important. And that's one thing I've, I've really leaned into more this, this time instead of the campaign in 2018. Um, just recognizing, yeah, I am a working class candidate. You know, I live in a 50-year-old condo. There's a lot of us, you know, who don't live on or near the lake. And I think it's important to recognize that, you know, we can still contribute to the community in meaningful ways. Um, we don't all have to look alike. And it's important that, that we recognize the differences and even embrace them so that it can make us more well-rounded people. Yeah. One of the things I always like to say is that we're better together. And Absolutely. That means recognizing all of us. Okay, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, let's just chat more. Welcome back. So we have three goals that we really wanted to accomplish in, in this in this chat, and then maybe we can expand on, on that a little bit, but it cannot be said enough. Go vote. Vote number, uh, point number two is vote for Emma. 
And then point number three is tell your friends. So if you haven't, or if you have voted, just share that with your friends, you know, share your voting selfies, whatever you got to do to like really encourage people to utilize this privilege, this right, and this privilege that we have to participate in a free and fair election. So one of the things that you and I share is a value for a caring economy. Will you talk about what that means to you? Yeah, um, I think, again, it just comes back to that nonpartisan treating each other's neighbors idea. Um, we, we are a community. We're voting. The office I'm running for is local, <laughs> municipal, and um, it's just to, to help the community thrive. So uh, it's very mundane decisions made at that level, um, but they matter. Um, in fact, when I went to uh, Washington, D.C. in May of 2017, I was with a class um, with PSU. It was a public policy tour. And each person we spoke to that whole week in D.C. said, you know, the way we really need to restore faith in, in the people is to make them realize it doesn't matter who is in the White House. The administration doesn't even matter to most people on a day-to-day basis. But what does matter are those local decisions being made, where we put the streetlights, how we, how we conduct ourselves, you know, um, the potholes being fixed. Like those things are very nonpartisan matters. Um, And so just addressing them in common sense ways that really listen to the constituents. And I think that's that's one thing I really bring to council is that I'm very approachable and folks are able to talk to me, tell me their concerns. And I really do want to represent people. So I feel like I am a good judge of character. And um, just I I think the people that understand that about me have, have thrown their support behind me and uh, I feel very encouraged that um, even with the other candidates, we've we've got a great group of people interested in representing the community. So again, I think it's important, even if you don't vote for me, please vote. Um, but of course, I do hope I am considered strongly. And again, if you do feel that I am worth supporting, please tell your friends because we need people on council who care. And again, as that working class candidate, I don't have the donations that some of the others do. And so, you know, it's not too late if you still want to support the race that way. Um, but really it's that word of mouth. I think in a community of our size, uh, people really listen and they pay attention to social media. So even sharing a picture of your ballot, which is legal here, (laughs) uh, is a great way to do it. In addition to, like you said, those, those ballot selfies, those are just so inspirational. Yeah. I I love them. I just can't get over them. Uh, okay. So a couple weeks ago, you posted on social media that you had to rescind an endorsement. Can you talk about the decision that like, like, you don't, I'm curious of you getting in alignment with your values and what got short up there? Yeah. Well, quite honestly, um, and I've, I've been really doing some soul searching about that. Um, and I think my intentions, while they were noble, um, it, it was maybe an ego decision that I even mm. sought an endorsement in the first place. Um, that was outside the scope of this race. And um, with what I thought I could do with that um, was to help people. I mean, October, like this is the last few days of Domestic Violence Awareness Month. Um, I serve on the board of Clackamas Women's Services. Um, It's a topic that means a lot to me. I grew up in a household that had that. And I don't want anyone else to have to experience that sort of unnecessary violence. And um, so when I, when I got the endorsement from that group, I thought, hey, you know, this is a great way I've initiated. I initiated it. I want to be very clear. 
um, conversation with a group that normally doesn't speak to other uh, domestic violence advocacy groups. And I thought, you know, this is a way to, to help bring people together that normally don't have those conversations. And um, it was only after I heard from some supporters of their interactions with, with that group that I realized, okay, well, you know, my aspirations really were too lofty and I didn't think this through to the degree that I should have. And so, yeah, I mean, it, it was, it was very humbling, quite honestly, because um, I, I realized I had made an error, you know, in my enthusiasm to do something good in another area of my life that matters to me. Um, it was outside the scope of the city race. And um, ultimately, it didn't work out, obviously, um, which was unfortunate. Um, and again, I take responsibility for that, that I didn't get out in front of it enough proactively to um, to to give my intentions to those groups so that they could even understand what that was about. Um, sure. Yeah. So learning experience for sure. <laughs> so what would you do moving forward like to... Um continue to be clear on and 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 like I think we're always like peeling back layers of what's important to us right so as you continue to clarify and be clearer on what you stand for and also um I'm not 100% sure which which um endorsement you rescinded and that's fine I don't actually care <laughs> I was more curious about the uh the the the, the values alignment process but uh Taking groups that don't historically see eye to eye and bridging them, I think is really, really important. So that, you know, if you will, lofty goal or whatever, I think is something that we need to continue to do moving forward. Um, I mean, just going back to what you've been saying all along, right? You know, you are running for a nonpartisan position and we can get so embroiled in our in our national and state level politics about well oh red state blue state red county blue county urban archipelago uh you know uh growing up when i was growing up in michigan it didn't matter the way the rest of the state voted because as soon as the Detroit votes rolled in for like the presidential, you know, the, you knew you knew that in 1996 Michigan was going to vote for Clinton because Detroit was blue, and uh, so there's a lot of um, things in between. So what so what I'm curious about is moving forward, what do you think you would want to do to be able to reach out and work on bridging those while still staying true to your values. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. Thank you. And I think that's the greater piece of, you know, <laughs> what I wanted the outcome to be. Um, and, and that is just bringing people together, you know, having conversations that um, don't seem to be happening right now. The last four years, I think we have just become more and more isolated, even prior to COVID. Um, and I was told even at some point on that trip in D.C., um, they pointed to at the federal level saying, you know, when Newt, Newt Gingrich had everybody in Congress go home to their districts instead of staying in D.C. and having their kids on the same like school, like sports team and things like that. It really started to break down communication between those people. And so I think at that point, maybe they started to vilify each other more or it was easier to do because that humanity was taken away. And so I think the more we have done that, um, the less we recognize what, what we do have in common. So I think it's just really important to be like, yeah, you know, we're all just people trying to survive, you know, trying to be our best existence and hopefully, you know, make the world a better place. And so, yeah, it's absolutely important to, um, I think, live authentically and in a way that that's showing care for others 
because ultimately, what do we have? Like, we can't take anything with us. Um, so I think it's about leaving the legacy of, of trying to make the world a better place. And I know that's where I'm at. That's what motivated me to run two years ago as well. Um, I had a near-death experience. And fortunately, because I lived, I realized I, you know, I don't know how much time I have. So it's really, you know, it's really important that I leave the world a better place for my daughters and other generations Um because nothing is guaranteed, but I really, I just felt compelled to do what I could to stop living for myself and, and really try to try to be more altruistic. You in our few conversations together have consistently um, shown up as like, you want to do what's right for the community, what the community wants. And aside from, uh, and we've talked a little bit about, you know, well, uh, more than a little bit about the diversity inclusion piece. And that really seems interwoven to breaking down the stigmas and stereotypes of, about the community with, in, in Lake Oswego, right? Like it seems like part and parcel, like part, like raising the awareness for the people that are living there, being more intentional about how we're living. Um, what other other issues are important to you that you might want to focus on uh, if you're elected? Yeah, thank you. So I do have kids. They're in the public elementary school. And um, one thing that I've noticed, um, I guess because of COVID, is more people are out walking. <laughs> and then driving um, can become more of a challenge because we don't have the pathways that a lot of communities do. And so um, I've heard it over the years, you know, um, and when I was just driving my kids to school, I, I wasn't really aware um, or when they were riding the bus, you know, it wasn't in my consciousness so much. But now that they're ages that they want to ride their bikes everywhere and they want to walk places and, you know, family are out walking, you know, I'm, I'm just really more aware that we don't have the sidewalks and things of that nature that, you know, lend to, lend to safety. And so that's one thing I've since the 2018 election has really become more important to me. And then, of course, we are very fortunate to have such great natural spaces here. Our resources um, environmentally. Uh, are amazing. And I love that it's a value of our community to protect the trees and natural resources. So um, I, I'm just very grateful to the community that that's something that matters to them. Yeah. 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 Portland likes to rave about its trees and things, but when you drive down towards Lake Oswego and whatnot, I mean, I don't know, I think there's other communities that do better. <laughs> yeah. And we can always improve too, right? Yeah. So I yeah. think it's um, looking at our tree code, looking at how to um, do things for more long-term planning that makes sense. Um, so I, I think we have a great opportunity. We already have a lot of things in place um, that we'll, we'll get the opportunity to implement once on council. So I am very excited for that. Uh, how is school going for your kiddos? Oh my goodness. <laughs> I, it's a challenge for everyone, right? Like, yeah. I don't know anybody who's like, this is the best thing ever. Um, but what I do appreciate is our staff, the teachers, um, even our administration is trying so hard to find the best solutions. Um, just last week, our um, superintendent even and the school board um, came together and they're trying to, you know, appeal to the governor and say, hey, maybe let's let's look at some different things to to potentially get us open again. And as you might know, Lake Oswego was the one back in March that made the decision first to close their district right before spring break. And then um, other districts followed suit really immediately after. So I think, again, we might have an opportunity to bring that back. So that would be great because um, I think, in, in fact, one of the questions that was asked at the one candidate forum that we had with Respond to Racism and the Lake Oswego Sustainability Network was, um, what, what are my ideas for transportation? And um, at the time, I said something about, um, you know, 
I mean, I, I gave the answer I've given since 2018 <laughs> that you can still see on my website, electamabird.com. But then I also added, you know, because of COVID, we have to look at that circumstance as well when we're crafting these solutions. And one of that reason is because, um, you know, people aren't as comfortable with mass transit. And so we need to recognize and be aware. But when I was saying um, that when, when I was having an endorsement interview with the, um, the Lake Oswego Review, they asked me to expand on that answer. And I said, well, I think what we really need to actually address is fear. And I think by reopening things in a safe manner, then people will be more comfortable doing the mass transit and things to help, you know, better the environment and our community. But um, one thing I've said from the very beginning of the, of the COVID shutdown is more than actual physical, you know, illness or deaths that I was expecting from COVID, I thought it would be more detrimental to mental health. And unfortunately, you know, um, in that zero to 19 age range, we haven't seen deaths of kiddos from COVID directly, but we've started to see suicides and that is just tragic. And so I think, you know, by reopening schools, that's going to be a way to help mitigate that and the sooner the better. So I'm hoping that statewide that can happen. Um, Oregon's one of the few states that are still shut down that way. So, and by few, I mean, like, I think we're one of two at this point. So, um, really, yeah. So I think we really do have an opportunity, um, and, I, and again, that's why I'm so grateful to our school district um, that they are trying to find those creative solutions to, to make things happen, um, because yeah. I think they're really looking out for our kiddos. And and it speaks well to the community, too. Uh, we have a lot of parents that advocate for kids so much. Um, and so we've, we've had groups be active online and uh, writing their legislators and things, you know, saying, let's look at this from, a you know, what's in the best interest of our kiddos, truly, you know, like, yes, we recognize that our teachers want to feel safe in a classroom environment. Of course, we respect that. Of course, they have the right to do that. I have a lot of labor support. Um, so, of course, I respect unions. I'm just very cognizant of like, kind of, I don't want to say the dueling agendas, but I think there's a way to come together that makes sense for everyone and is really good for the health and safety of, of all in our state. Yeah, awesome. Uh, so <clears throat> I will, what is happening exactly at this moment is uh, distance learning. <laughs> and my son is uh, engaging in his class. So we only have like a couple minutes left anyway. So this is probably a really great time. So go vote, vote for Emma, tell your friends. Aside from that, what's one last thing we should share with our listeners? Thanks for listening. Um, I think because because people care about this election, um, we're going to get some re- good results out of it. So uh, keep up the engagement, folks. And, you know, of course, tell all of your friends to get out there and turn in their ballots by, by November 3rd. Yeah. Thank you for coming back for a surprise bonus episode. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. Always a pleasure. Balance Shared is produced and edited by me, Michelle Astley. The instrumental music, Grass, by Silent Partner, is from the YouTube Audio Library. If you've enjoyed today's episode, leave a review, especially on Apple Podcasts. If you've loved the messages of co-creating a better future and digging into ourselves, maybe you'd like to become a supporter. Email hello at michellelastly.com to get your sponsorship guide. Thank you for listening to this podcast. This is Michelle Lassley with Balance Shared, a space where I truly believe we are better together.
and and let's just accept that this is the way things are right now we can better enjoy and improve where we're at than just trying to get wrapped up in that like but 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 you know um and another one would be like letting go of what what like the the day-to-day day looks like especially if you have kids Mm. um it's just not going to look like it should be on pinterest (laughs) and it's just not like our best ability to balance school and work and and get everything done is just going to be semi-haphazard and i don't think anyone has a perfect answer for how to check all the boxes and get everything done without getting on each other's toes like it's just not meant to be happening this way. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, so let go of that, like just keep keeping tracking and looking and searching for this perfect day schedule. It's just not going to be there. Keep just going in the lane of what's working and keep tweaking and changing it as you go. Um, and the last one, last thing to let go of would be um, letting go of the, I feel like our view of our kids' behavior is key and the way that we interpret it, like letting go of our own meaning that we place on that behavior. Um, because I had an example yesterday morning where um, I felt like my daughter was just being spoiled and selfish and entitled because she was screaming, I want something when her sister had gotten something. <laughs> so I, I interpreted it as like, she's just being a jerk and you know that made me really mad at her outburst and crying well then eventually we got to the place where she was crying and it was about the real thing like the thing that was underneath Mm. the surface which was Mm -hmm. a fear about going over to her friend's house and avoiding this like social anxiety issue that she has because she's very slow to warm up and Mm -hmm. then I finally realized okay that wasn't about being super selfish about this bike helmet it was actually about um, something way deeper that I can have compassion for. But mm-hmm. so we, we put judgment on the surface. We put judgment on like the surface value of whatever it is that our, our kids are arguing us about. And that is always the last straw. So don't make everything about the last straw. That's just a symptom of the deeper issue and dig deeper. So, mm-hmm. so let go of our judgment on, on where their behavior is coming from and what they're trying to do. And, and always know that we have to dig deeper. There's messages decode that our kids are just trying to get their needs met and and if we can dig deeper and we can figure out what those are then we'll be able to relate and move on together and have a really healthy relationship so I love that you're talking about this right now because what just happened in this real life I record at home studio is my kid just bounded up the stairs and he is right here begging for my attention (laughs) <laughs> and um and and I'm not going to give it to him quite yet because we're just wrapping up. So, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that groan of his may or may not be in the recording. So, thank you, audience, for enjoying that. <laughs> Danielle, thank you for so much for joining us today. Where can people find you? <laughs> ParentingWholeheartedly.com is where you can find me online, where you can um, connect with my podcast, Failing Motherhood, which is on all the podcast platforms. And um, Instagram, I'm at parent underscore wholeheartedly. That's awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today. And yeah, thank you. Absolutely. Balance Shared is produced and edited by me, Michelle Astley. 
The instrumental music, Grass, by Silent Partner, is from the YouTube Audio Library. If you've enjoyed today's episode, leave a review, especially on Apple Podcasts. If you've loved the messages of co-creating a better future and digging into ourselves, maybe you'd like to become a supporter. Email hello at michellelasley.com to get your sponsorship guide. Thank you for listening to this podcast. This is Michelle Lasley with Balance Shared, a space where I truly believe we are better together. about all this good stuff Mm -hmm. balance shared is produced and edited by me michelle lasley the instrumental music grass by silent partner is from the youtube audio library if you've enjoyed today's episode leave a review especially on apple podcasts If you've loved the messages of co-creating a better future and digging into ourselves, maybe you'd like to become a supporter. Email hello at michellelasley.com to get your sponsorship guide. Thank you for listening to this podcast. This is Michelle Lasley with Balance Shared, a space where I truly believe we are better together.